SAU, and we are ready for another edition of Making Financial Sense mm-hmm. with Merle Kelch. And uh, Merle joining us uh, from the remote office so once again this morning. Uh, Merle, good morning. Good morning. I'm uh, back to Cribbits, which is where we started about a month ago. We started this whole camping summer routine. Uh, we're back here before a family reunion this time and not camping. Uh, we're uh, glamping in the hotel, but though we are here at sister-in-law's house right now and uh, uh, making a radio show and making some smoked meat at the same time. Yes, indeed. I can almost uh, smell it from here. Is that uh, is that brisket you got on today? Uh, double uh, smoked pork shoulders, actually, today. Oh, a bunch of people who so were doing two with a, a nice rub. It was beautiful. You know, and, and I've I've found uh, when you're doing pork, the key is having a very good meat rub to uh, to put oh, on. Oh yeah, I've, I've yeah. found that that and and slow cooking as well is also the best way to go about it. Uh, you know, I uh, I quite honestly I, I agree with you with the rub, and I also think Moscow mules really help it taste better. <laughs> Moscow mules help uh, oh. cure a lot of what ails people these it days. It does. <laughs> I find uh, Moscow mules help my knees not hurt. It's really impressive. The that are inside of lime and vodka. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. They can cure a lot of what uh, what ails you uh, these days. Well, Merle, uh, it, as always, we appreciate uh, appreciate you making time for us here. Of course, uh, Merle is on the phone, but through the miracle of technology, we do uh, have the ability to uh, patch him through. If you do have any questions that you'd like to get on the show today, you can go ahead and give us a call at 715-845-2155, and we will get you through uh, to Merle, and of course, we'll do our best to get those questions answered. Uh, first, Merle, uh, news coming out this week that, uh, well, I, I think there's a person or two that has at least a bit of an interest uh, in this uh, within the region, uh, if nothing else, because they are some of those rare folks that can call themselves NFL owners. Uh, we do know that the NFL uh, season, while it was unconventional last year, it did still turn a profit. The Green Bay Packers announced that they still made money in 2020, but it was not nearly as much as they were expecting. Uh, local revenue fell from a whopping $210 million in 2019 to $61.8 million in 2020. Is there any particular reason that may have happened? Well, you know, it's, it's probably, in my opinion, at least relatively obvious. Um, you know, they just didn't have any bodies inside of the stadiums. You know, you have all that tech, ticket revenue, which generates a, a tremendous amount of weekly cash flow. Now, uh, the profit, I think, that comes is through the uh, course of, of uh, TV and radio. Um, uh, so, so that'd be my opinion. I think it's relatively obvious from that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, this year on whether that revenue comes back stronger than what it was or not. I haven't read anything at this point in time. Um, if teams have increased any sort of ticket charges, uh, Lord knows that I'm not sure if they can get any more dollars out of a hot dog or of a a beer at at a game because I think they got that that dollar amount just about tapped out uh, if it goes up. But it'll be interesting to see what happens for the course of this year. One of the conversations I've had with some of my colleagues about the NFL is if you're having teams like this seeing revenues drop down, and the Packers are probably one of the best managed teams that are out there. I'm sure there's others that are not and uh, having a difficult time. Uh, do we see the wages go down, or do we see these big contracts slow in their amount of escalation with the players? It would be interesting to see what happens over the course of the next few years. Yeah, I- indeed, and and it's it's the uh, you know it, it's some people may say we're bringing this up uh, kind of tongue in cheek, but this actually does 
in a way, kind of help take the temperature of where the economy is going here uh, in the United States. Of course, you mentioned uh, the uh, game day revenue, which was uh, which took a significant hit. I think there was only one team that played with a full stadium at any point uh, last year at all in in, um, in the NFL. And uh, you mentioned the game day revenue. Well, not every team is like the Atlanta Falcons and charges $2 for a hot dog at, uh, at some of their games. So, yes, we are going to see some of these prices go up. And you also mentioned um, salaries in there as well. For the first time in the salary cap era, we did see a decrease in the cap this year. But players are actually being told, and I heard this this week on the Dan Patrick show, uh, players are being told that things are going to take a turn for the better next year when the new TV deals take over. So that's why you're seeing a lot of players this year uh, just deciding to play under what's called the uh, the franchise tag, which gives you a one-year deal at an average salary for your position because they want to test the waters next year when those new TV contracts take over. And it's projected that the salary cap will go back up above where it was in 2019. Sure. Yeah, I'd often thought for a long time we look at the the cost of the salaries and players. Um, I know it's been tried so many times, but you would think there would be a, um, uh, for lack of a better term, a half NFL team. But you still have all these really good players that want to play football inside of these arenas that are half empty anyway. Um, uh, you know, but the salaries are going to be a third of what they were. But you know, so who wants to still play football? But rather than making ten million dollars a year, would two million dollars a year be enough to play football? Um, I wonder how something like that would go. It'd be interesting to me to find out. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and and again, this is kind of a a little bit of a measuring stick as to where the economy of, of America goes, because we all know that you know we are football crazed nation, and it looks like uh, things last year were not nearly as good. And of course, we uh, don't need to be uh, any sort of expert economist to tell you just exactly where that came in. But hopefully, I know a lot of businesses in the Green Bay area as well are counting on things bouncing back here in 2021. You bet. You know, we saw the market drop down, speaking of markets, uh, some 300 300 points yesterday, snapping for the NASDAQ, the Dow, and the S&P 500, snapping a uh, three-week winning streak. So we had a really good time in uh, in the last few weeks. The market dropped 300 points yesterday, largely because of what's called consumer sentiment, which comes out of the University of, of Michigan. Now, I like to pick up my friends from Michigan, my wife is a youper, so I like to say they're up there drinking beer, saying, well, what do you think? And uh, so they ask five people. That's not really true how it goes, folks. It actually is a bona fide survey. But the consumer sentiment fell off, and they found that the consumer sentiment fell off largely because inflationary fears and people planning that inflation is going to be there for a long time. And so uh, that coupled with a couple of other little tidbits, we saw the market have a little bit of a sell-off on Friday. So I spent the morning here, folks, looking around. And, and by the way, again, we do this program and all the talking that Mike and I are doing back and forth is to fill time waiting for your live call. So when you have a chance, give us a call, 715-845-2155, and we'll give you an answer. Or as I like to joke, we'll just make one up sometimes. Well, that's not really true. It's the right one. Um, but um, in here, so I spent a bunch of time this morning saying, you know, where do we look at and where do we think the markets are going? And believe it or not, there's a, a local company, local meaning Midwest here, they're from Minnesota, a company called Fastenal. And there was an article inside of Barron's this morning. And uh, the reason we try to take a look at, or we'd like to take a look at in our industry at Fastenal is because if you're unfamiliar, by the way, uh, Fastenal is a company that provides all the bits, pieces, and parts 
in the manufacturing process and has a very wide spectrum of, uh, of uh, business. So, uh, for example, if you work at a company and you need a you know, nut, bolt, or a plastic clip or an adhesive, it's probably coming from Fastenal um, or a light company. So if your manufacturing is going up, you need more pieces and parts from Fastenal. So companies like to take a look at Fastenal. So Fastenal's results uh, show an industrial rebound, but at the same time rising inflationary pressure. So this is an article that's by uh, Nicholas Jasinski. Um, through Barron's. And so what I found interesting in this is that though the sales of Fastenal from a year to today, a year ago, is flat, and most people say, well, geez, if this is doing so well as far as an economy, why would it be flat? Well, their business was actually pretty robust last year, um, but it was as a result of all the safety equipment because of COVID, safety glasses, masks, all that sort of stuff. And that business has fallen off pretty sharply. And if I remember right from the article, some 23% has dropped off this year. But it's all the other stuff that's picked up uh, and put the business back, which is all the manufacturing clips, pieces, parts, adhesives, et cetera, et cetera. That business is picked up rather robust. And so though it's flat, how the business on the inside is telling us that economic expansion is continuing on. And so even though we saw the market drop down on a Friday, at this point in time, it's one of those things you kind of go, yeah, okay, so it dropped a little bit of a, a bump in the road. But it looks like uh, economies and things are still continuing to keep moving forward and strong. And, boy, the retail sales numbers, if you take out houses and auto, were just off the charts here just this past week, just off the charts. Uh, we're out there spending, folks. And keep it up. We'll spend our way to a great economy, and you'll get more stuff to put inside of your garage. Yeah, indeed. And uh, that is, again, if you can find uh, the car that you're looking for or the uh, power tools that you're looking for, because those uh, a lot of those are still uh, somewhat scarce uh, these days. Yeah, I was just uh, we had a story last night, of course, family reunions were sitting around the fire and a couple of nephews are sitting there talking and saying, you remember when and they built a fort on the woods where they weren't supposed to. And they had a fire going on in there, and so they borrowed a bunch of grandpa's tools. And to make sure they didn't get caught, they buried grandpa's tools. And so this happened, of course, a number of years ago. They're all in their 30s now. And they said, does anybody have a metal detector? We should go see if we can find grandpa's tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and who knows what those could be uh, could be worth these days. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. You know, there's one way to, to hide your money or, or grandpa's tools uh, in the ground, if you will. Of course, that's not what we want you to do with your money. Uh, you know, take it and bury it in the ground somewhere. Right. Uh, of course, Merle uh, would be hoping that you would invest it uh, somewhere. And, of course, we'll uh, take some of your phone calls coming up here at 715-845-2155 if you do need uh, some advice as to just exactly where you should be investing your money. We'll have more with Merle Kelch coming up next here on WSAU. That is uh, Merle Kelch as we are making financial sense here on AM550, FM 99.9, WSAU and WSAU.com. It is 819. We are on our way to a daytime high of 84 today. Not too shabby at all. It's, you know, a, a great day to be outside, a great day to be around a grill, smoking meat. We already have uh, Merle Kelch on the line. Uh, again, he was, uh, as we mentioned earlier, he was uh, doing some pork shoulder today not bad at all i will be uh i will be crock pot uh making some uh meals later i wish i had a fancy meat smoker like uh merle has and he is 
Again, on the line with us from the remote office, we are ready to take your phone calls as well at 715-845-2155. AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. Again, we are making financial sense. We have reconnected with Merle Kelch. And again, the phone lines are open at 715-845-2155. So if you uh, do have a question for Merle, feel free to, uh, to call in. And uh, we will get uh, your question on the air with Merle live from the remote office. And uh, Merle, again, we were talking about some of those companies that just, uh, you know, they they did better than you would have expected uh, during the pandemic. And it's a lot of companies that you you really might not have thought of initially. Somebody like Fastenal, uh, like you were talking earlier, uh, chip manufacturers did very well uh, during the pandemic also. And uh, we'll be talking about that a little later on here on the show as we head back to the phone lines now. Good morning. You're on with Merle Kelch. Morning. Good morning, uh, uh, Merle. And uh, I'm sorry, I forgot your first name. Mike. Mike today, uh, yeah. Yes, Mike, Mike, Mike today, yes. Yes, Mike. Um, Steve from Plover, Merle, calling uh, calling morning, you back Steve. this morning. Morning. You know, uh, just wondering about... Uh, your comments, kind of a big picture kind of comment about uh, we should get out there and spend, and people are doing so. And uh, I'm thinking about the auto industry now, the the used car prices, and of course the uh, shortage in the available new cars. I personally haven't bought a brand new vehicle since 1990. I usually buy a one or two year old vehicle and. Uh, mm-hmm save the uh, depreciation on it so mm-hmm. but you, you and i know, are in the same place it, steve i'm a big fan of the same thing yeah okay yeah you know what i'm wondering though uh, merle is it is there not a bit of a two-edged sword with the roaring economy let's say we go to a roaring economy in all areas uh will that also tend to uh encourage the inflationary trend trends in the economy that we're now seeing in all products. Uh, so I guess kind of a, a theoretical big big picture question, but I thought yeah. I'd like to hear your comments on that if you have time this morning. So and, and, and Steve, you're, you're, I mean, you're hitting upon something that um, many economists are theorizing, and I don't consider yeah. myself necessarily an economist per se, though it was one of my favorite classes in school, but nonetheless... Um, but you know, we look at this. It was my, it was a minor of mine, by the way, in oh, in yeah. my uh, university actually, days. Yeah. So yeah. I was interested in economy, uh, economics yeah. at the time oh, as well. Oh, so, Yes, but yeah, I went so, into so, healthcare. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I went into this. Uh, you know, yeah. So when we look at this, uh, you know, the 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 things that come through, we say, you know, can we explain the, the inflation that's out there? And the answer is yes, we can. Um, as you know, and I've told about on this uh, program so many times. Inflation is, the, the, by the most basic definition of model, is too much money chasing too few goods. And so if we look at the cars, that is exactly what's happening right now. Um, we can yeah. build the cars. That part's not the issue. We just can't have the chips to make them all run. Ford for some time here was uh, building the cars and just waiting until they got the chipsets in. So, so with it, I think this becomes a supply and demand problem. We see that inflation. So those inflationary pressures. Um, should drop down once we start having the chips. We have the ability to finish. We have to manufacture the cars. So I see that as, as uh, you know, using the Fed's word, not mine, transitory or uh, in, uh, temporary inflation. Um, housing might be a little bit sticky simply because usually when housing prices go up, it's not that often that they come down. If they do, it tends to be temporary. So housing prices might actually be up. 
But even that, though we're building houses right now, we're building a ton of them. Of course, we have all the wood price that went into it, everything else, as well as the demand. And so those two things, which are two big things in our inflationary numbers, um, are up there. And I think one of them is going to be temporary, which is going to be the house or the car marketplace. The used marketplace, because we can't get any new cars, people are buying a car or a newer one. And the reason to do that is because they have the cash for the down payments of the financing being so low from an interest rate standpoint. And so from that, I think a lot of this, as our supply chain straightens itself out, is going to be temporary pressures on expenses. Um, um, that's you know, the opinion that I have, just because looking at stuff I'm seeing already happening, we can see wood prices, at least from a wholesale commodity standpoint, have dropped down significantly. Uh, about three weeks ago or so, it was down 43% from the high in May for wood products coming down. Um, I'm sure it's come down a little bit more since then on the wholesale level. Um, on the retail level, we may not be seeing it yet, but it'll eventually start getting it. We'll see the real uh, prices of wood come down and buy a two-by-four, you know, uh, down to where we don't have to arrange financing to uh, yeah. you know, put a new board on the deck. So I think the inflationary pressures that we're seeing uh, are temporary, though that was one of the major causes from the consumer sentiment uh, uh, numbers on Friday that saw the market drop down as well as COVID numbers starting to pop up too again. Um, so but both of those things I see as, as temporary, and I see the inflation coming uh, down, which really kind of comes uh, back to saying, where's the profitability? Are we having economic expansion? Um, and I think the answer to that is, yes, we are continuing to have economic expansion at this point in time. And though inflationary pressures are there, um, I think they're going to be temporary more than we think. Well, you know, many people we have. I, to I, I enjoy the uh, I enjoy the the uh, explanation, and the take home is temporary. And I'm going to stick with that one because yeah, uh, I I would hate to see us get to the point where, you know, uh, a, a car costs a hundred thousand dollars or something. So. Well, well, I've seen a lot of those yeah. already. <laughs> and we talked about the uh, the building con- construction industry in the past, and uh, there seems to be a balancing or going back in price a little bit there as well. So, you know, Steve, uh, I think we should. I, I think, as you know, guys who are interested in economics, I think we should use the word transitory because it makes us sound smarter than what we might actually. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm older. I'm older than you, so maybe I'm slipping a bit. But uh, I really I'm do just... enjoy the. Uh, I do enjoy your uh, Saturday program, uh, you guys and Merle, and been listening for a while. So uh, well, keep thank it up. you so very much. I do appreciate you listening, and uh, tell your friends we're trying to get up to ten listeners this summer now. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll, I'll tell the, I'll tell a few of them then. Okay, very well. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank Steve. you. Yeah, All right, thank you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't want to see hundred thousand dollar cars that that aren't status symbols. I think we should well, add. We're we're still gonna have the Maseratis and uh, and you know the uh, the hundred thousand uh, dollar Trans Ams and Corvettes and things like that. But okay. if if my Chevy Malibu becomes a one hundred thousand dollar car, I think then we have a problem. Well, it'll hit a hundred thousand, but it'll be miles. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what I intend on taking it up to as yes, well. It is 8.30 here on this uh, Saturday morning on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. We did have somebody else who was uh, tr- attempting to uh, call in earlier. We will get to you in just a moment. But first, we will take a break and uh, check in with the news headlines here on WSAU. 
It is 834 on this Saturday morning here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and uh, online streaming as well at WSAU.com. We are making financial sense with Merle Kelch uh, on our way to a daytime high of 84 today. An absolutely perfect uh, day to get outside and enjoy on this uh, weekend as we head back to the phone lines now and rejoin Merle Kelch and uh Merle did you, did you get a chance to check on the uh on the pork shoulder during the news break um I did not I'm trusting that the uh, the smoker is still going but we'll give you an update uh <laughs> next week we'll let you know how next week okay yeah you'll be back in studio next week and you will be back in studio with me uh and then we're in two weeks from now, we are going to get uh, Tom back to his regular spot on uh, on Saturday mornings. But, uh, you know, it's, it's probably best that you don't. Again, uh, slow cooking is the key. You don't want to let that smoke out. Mm-hmm. Just just envelop the uh, the pork shoulder there and, and make some good pull, pulled pork sandwiches for uh, later. You do have a caller on the line right now. I think uh, from what I had gathered during the break, uh, she wanted to talk about uh, some stocks as uh, certificates. Uh, So we will bring her into the conversation right now. Good morning. You're on the air. Oh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. My name is Donna May, and I have um, uh, two stock certificates years ago. I think you can remember they issued stocks in paper form. Sure. And then now... Now they're all digital. In 2013 and 2014, they were still all paper, and yep. then they converted to uh, digital in 2015. Well, anyway, I don't think there's any easy way. Um, I tore my house apart. I cannot find two stocks, uh, certificates, the paper form, and I don't think there's any easy way except for paying the absorbent uh, fees of... Uh, of having them replaced. Uh, probably not. What company is it? Well, it's uh, uh, Footlocker.com stocks through okay. my work. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it, it, usually it's the paper. If you're missing the paper, that's the record of it. Now, mm-hmm. there's a, there's an entity called the Register, and it sounds like we've already talked to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I call the, um, you know, the stock company direct. Right. Yeah, so the, the registrar, if you call Footlocker, they can see the person who keeps track of the stocks. Mm-hmm. And so they can reissue that paper for you. But there's another part that you can do, too, mm-hmm. is you can ask them not to reissue the paper. Um, and depending upon who the registrar is, I think, and, and I don't don't take this as, as gospel, no, but no. I believe they use computer shares as who yeah. keeps track of their shares. Am I right? Yes, yes, they do. Okay, so if you call computer shares, they should be able to look up, you know, on your behalf, how many shares you had, and just hold them there without having to reissue the stock certificate. See, I have so, I have the numbers and everything. Oh, perfect! And, and they already. Have that, I okay. I did call them, so they actually sent me the numbers. So I had three paper stocks. I could find one, and I'm still missing two. But they had like eighty eighty dollars for service, and then a percentage of each stock that you'd have to pay for them in order to get stock paper re- reproduced. Yeah, so if, if you can ask them to hold them in-house so they'll actually hold them on your behalf, mm-hmm. you might get by with a few extra couple of bucks where they don't reduce the paper. Mm-hmm. They'll just hold them on your half. Now, there's a benefit to that. If they hold them there at computer mm-hmm. shares on your behalf, mm-hmm. uh, they'll also sell them for you, too, so they'll okay. save you a few shares. That's, what, that's actually what I need. That's the, yeah. You know, I don't really need the physical paper then. Um, if the, That is the key. I needed the terminology. So Yeah, so I ha- they should be able to do that. Okay. 
I, you know, I'm not sure if they have to reissue the paper and then uh, deposit them. But um, either way, if you have the certificate, yeah. you have the QCIP numbers and that type of stuff, yeah, I do. that should go down the way. But you're going to mm-hmm. end up having to uh, pay a few shares or replace that paper okay. um, or to get that uh, transaction open. So okay. um, good luck with that. Okay. Uh, I know their shares thank you for uh, listening, and thank you for giving me some uh, uh, advice there. My pleasure. You have a good day. Take care. You too, Nala. Bye. All right. Thanks for calling Donna. 715-845-2155 is the number. If you have a question for Merle, we've got about 20 minutes or so left here in the show, so we could definitely squeeze in uh, a few more phone calls in between our our fodder here. And uh, Merle, one thing that we were going to talk about uh, earlier, uh, you mentioned uh, Fast and all the companies uh, like that that did very well during the pandemic. It would be that because uh, they were a you know deemed an essential company providing essential services or because they were able to pivot and uh, create personal protective equipment or shift to manufacturing uh things that they normally wouldn't do during uh non-pandemic times and i know you had uh you had a few more uh items that you wanted to bring up about that correct so what i'm I'm looking at here where i was going uh this morning folks is we saw the market drop 300 points on friday uh, because of uh, consumer sentiment through the university of michigan saying that People were concerned about inflation was going on, and then we saw pandemic ticking up, uh, ticking up a little bit as far as people getting uh, sick with COVID once again. So, and so when you see something like that, you know, my mind then goes into and say, well, why is this happening? Is consumer sentiment going bad, or are the fears that people are having um, uh, not holding up? Because how is the economy going? And so, in doing that, I do two two, two things literally, or, or most of the time. Um, one of them is I take a look at one of my favorite economists was Brian Westbury, who's the chief economist from First Trust out of Chicago. Um, I think those guys got stuff nailed on from an economic standpoint. So if you haven't looked them up, they do one heck of a job. And the second thing is I like to look around and say what's happening inside of manufacturing. And as Mike had talked about, one of the cool things is um, you like to look at what Fastenal is doing because Fastenal actually doesn't create anything. They're just a distributor selling pieces and parts of all those little bitty niblets of stuff you need for a vehicle or for a house or whatever it might be, they're a distributor. So if we take a look at what they're selling, they become a real nice little insight of what's happening from an economic world. So just kind of a, a cheat, if you will, folks, as far as what we weirdos in this, in this investment world look at to see how the economy is doing. And so with it, we found that fast and all uh, their stuff that we're selling for COVID was up last year, down this year. Um, but uh, at the same time, they're manufacturing stuff that they need, adhesives, pieces, parts, niblets, screws, uh, that whole bit, clips, um, are also selling very, very well this year. So we then go to Brian Westbury, his opinions. And, <clears throat> excuse me, about a year ago when the Dow was at uh, 36.80, um, he said, based upon the fundamentals that they're seeing inside of the marketplace, they predicted that the year end for 2021 would be at 4,200. Well, something happened then as a result of that, found out that they were wrong. And how they were wrong was this. They were too low. Remember, we've never shut an economy off before. I think it's been the first time in recorded history that a government has ever shut an economy off because of a pandemic. So turning it back on, people weren't exactly sure how it was going to go or how fast it was going to go. And so we came back tremendously um, as far as growth goes in the marketplace. And as a result, we saw the marketplace go up some 15.4%. So they said, well, geez, um, we missed. It can't be at 4,200 because we're already there. It's going to have to be somewhere around 4,500. And then the market increased even further since it. So from that standpoint, they said, we're not going to try to predict where we think the market's going to be at the end of the year. 
though it doesn't look like it's going to grow as fast as it has in the beginning year, because, again, money's going into the marketplace and it's starting to um, grow and the economy is growing faster than what was expected. And so eventually that growth is going to slow down to having some sort of normalcy. And so with it, again, we see growth happening there from their opinions and their investment models we have. We see uh, growth happening inside of my uh, little cheat here looking at what Fastenal is selling, and that's doing well. And so we continue to see economic expansion. So do we have inflationary fears? Yeah, but I think uh, temporary as we continue to keep getting, getting our, um, our models and our supplies and that kind of stuff built out our supply chain built. Yeah, now, if I... Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, temporary and not knowing exactly what uh, was going to happen when we turn the economy back on. I think that, and again, this is from somebody where I'm like Stephen Plover. I didn't minor in economics, but I took a couple of classes uh, in college and I'm smart enough to listen to uh, people like Merle occasionally when it uh, when it comes to these things. Uh, but one other thing I, I think we didn't really account for when we shut the economy down was the way that some businesses and some industries were able to pivot and make things that they wouldn't normally be making, but there were things that were needed during the pandemic. Again, I've got a great, a, a real good friend from, uh, from high school who works for poet, which is one of the number one manufacturers of ethanol in the country. Now, of course, when the economy shuts down, Poets ethanol demand drops like a rock because nobody is traveling. We're not filling our cars up with gas or so there suddenly the demand for their product drops. Well, what does poet do? Poet becomes one of the top makers of hand sanitizers in America during the pandemic. And they are selling Mm -hmm. this thing by the barrel all of a sudden pivoting. So I think we didn't really account for the way that companies were able to innovate during the pandemic. And, you know, even somebody like Ford going to making ventilators instead of making cars and things like that. That was one of the things that really helped us out during the pandemic. You know, for me, uh, Mike, it just shows the ingenuity of of, of American businesses, just like no other, in my opinion. Now, I could say locally from here and and if you've anybody has listened to the program for a while, I'm, I'm very involved in the Fraternal Order of Eagles. It's a, a you know Eagles Club of Wasa. It's a, a nonprofit a fraternal organization. And you know, with that being the case, I can say you know we changed how we did our models, and this really goes off to not only my brother but to our secretary Justin. So if you two guys are listening, my hats are off to you. Um, Eagles Club, of course, we have a, a little bar and we have a you know a little restaurant inside of the building. And the money that we derive from that, we give away. So we raise money to give it away. And, of course, pandemic happens as everything shuts off. And so my brother and uh, Justin grabbed what we knew how to do, which was how to, uh, you know, make food and make pizzas and this type of thing, and transitioned it into an online delivery or online service along with Bite Squad and that whole bit. And our business went up as a result of it. Um, and so we were able to survive and function as an ongoing entity and still have the ability to uh, raise money and give money away as we have in the past, even in the middle of the pandemic. But the amount of money that we had, our business that we had going out with our online sales um, carried us through and went off the hook and made us even busier than we ever were as we're now starting to come back to the restaurants because the online stuff hasn't slowed down. Um, so it's the ability to pivot, and that's what really makes a, a mark, in my opinion, a difference. Uh, in businesses when you have the ability to do exactly that. So, Merle, were you like me uh, during the pandemic and uh, the phrase, the hashtag support local also became a code word for 
I really don't feel like cooking tonight, and I want to justify spending uh, $18 <laughs> plus tip on a meal. Um, I'd like to tell you that you're wrong, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that... I discovered I discovered how Bite Squad works. I, you know, I got that nailed. You know, so so we got that part down now. So um, you know, in here during the COVID, I wanted I'm going to use this to transition us and roll us over sure. to some of the fears I'm seeing in articles that are out there. You know, some of the articles that were folks are, are and I, I hate the fear mongering and seeing articles, but I always like to get into the bottom of it. We're seeing, you know, uh, I saw an article this morning said, you know, COVID up in all 50 states. But you have to read into the articles and read a couple more articles to go through. And what they're telling you is that the Delta variant is very contagious. And it is. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. What they're finding is that of the, the recent deaths we're seeing in COVID, 99% of them have not been vaccinated. The, the numbers that we're seeing going up are going inside of the non-vaccinated um, uh, population. And so... Um, granted, some people are getting it. Remember, it's only 94% effective, which is tremendous, but that's still at least 6% who might get it. But the, the population that's largely getting COVID right now and going up is because we're all getting together in the summer. We're getting close again, just like it happened last year, except those that are unvaccinated are getting sick. Um, and, and so as a result of that, um, if this doesn't go out and say, get, get your vaccine, um, uh, I don't know what does. And um, especially if you're of that age group, which I'm just about there, uh, that's the, the most vulnerable, get your vaccine if you haven't. It just seems to, to make sense to, to make sure you're protecting yourself. You're going to be out and about moving. Yes, indeed. And, and uh, that's an important conversation to have with your your physician. Uh, again, Merle and I can uh, talk about our experience with the, with the vaccine until we're blue in the face. But that's, a, again, a medical decision that uh, you need to make with your physician. And uh, we do hope that those conversations uh, do continue over the next uh, few days or a few weeks or so. Uh, and again, there is uh, several resources out there to uh, help you get your vaccine and know where to go to, uh, to get that. I think, I think NTC still has a drive-through vaccine. Yes, they do for another two days, another two oh, days. Right. They'll be there on Tuesday and fr- uh, Thursday next week or Tuesday and Friday, I believe is, is what it is. We have the story up at WSAU.com. There we go. I'll, uh, put that plug out there for my side of the department uh, that uh, they will be having the drive through clinic. And of course they are available at pharmacies and uh, from your local healthcare provider as and well. Free. And absolutely free. We should also put yeah. that out there. If anybody ever asks you to pay for a COVID-19 vaccine, uh, walk away from the transaction very quickly because one, it's free. And two, uh, if they're asking you to pay, you'd have no idea what that is that they're going right. to put in your body. But we know it is not uh, the vaccine. I have. Uh, now, what's kind of interesting is I had COVID. So mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I gave it to each other for a Christmas present. It was really <laughs> nice. And uh, um, I, I didn't know that I had it, but I had COVID over Christmas time. And so I'll have people say, have you have you gotten your, your vaccine yet? And I have not. And I don't have any issue with getting the vaccine. Um, but I'm heading off to go uh, um, hunting with some friends. And so as a result of that, I got to see what's going to happen as we get nearer. But uh, we'll certainly be getting the vaccine. Um, I just need to see what I need to do to uh, uh, get to where I'm hunting. Um, because I'm sure they might have some sort of extra stuff at that point in time. And me being a person who does not like needles, um, I figure if I'm going to get jabbed, I want to get jabbed with all the stuff I need at one shot versus having to get it done two or three or five or four times because I missed something. Um, but I think it's important. Um, uh, it's very effective in uh, getting this country back to a, a normalcy. 
And, you know, and there's a lot of parts of the country or world that are still not back to having any sort of normalcy. Mm-hmm. They keep uh, shutting down and not getting the vaccines as they were. Now, an article I found was uh, interesting. I don't saw the number, but there's uh, the um, Sinovac, which is the Chinese vaccine versus uh, the, the, Beyond, uh, the Pfizer-BioNTech. Um, I didn't, they didn't have the nar- numbers inside of the article, but the uh, Sinovac, which is used quite a bit throughout Asia, um, just does not have the uh, antibodies. Uh, if I remember right from the article, and don't quote me on this, folks, but the Pfizer-BioNTech has five times the many antibodies in it uh, than the Sinovac does. And so that might be one of the problems we're seeing around some parts of the world not being able to get open back up because they're using that Chinese vaccine. <clears throat> yeah, and, and uh, in Japan, they haven't really gotten the vaccine rollout uh, to near the uh, near the efficiency that we have here in America. In fact, in uh, Tokyo, there's only about 20% or so of the population that's been vaccinated. And already, uh, we had the story this morning, there's been one person who has been isolated because they were in the athlete's village uh, for the Olympic Games, which will begin later this week. Uh, that has yeah. tested positive. So uh, they've they've had issues there as well. And here they're estimating uh, multi-billions of dollars of losses by not having the attendees and the people inside of Tokyo uh, from an Olympic Games. And that's because they just haven't gotten the vaccine that's out there. You know, I've had uh, people tell me I'm not getting the vaccine because it's experimental. It is is under experimental use. There's no doubt about that. Um, But, folks, if you you read into what uh, Moderna has done, the vaccine that's out here has been around actually for a long time. The backbone of it actually comes from SARS and MERS. Um, Moderna, along with the U.S. military, developed the vaccine a long time ago for our soldiers in case they got SARS or MERS. Um, and uh, so it's been around for a long time. And how they did the mRNA, the whole stuff, it's been around for a real, real long time. Um, uh, it's just that it hadn't gone through the whole process in the public trials. It went through the military side of things. And that's what it did. But there's nothing... New about it. It's just new from such a large public basis that we're doing it right now. So it's been around a long time. Um, good stuff. Make yourself safe. Yes, indeed. He's Morel Kelch. We are making financial sense here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. We have time for one more quick timeout. Uh, we have this day with Chris Cudley coming up next, and then we will wrap up the show after this here on WSAU. 8.55 here on a Saturday morning on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com. We're on our way to a daytime high of 84 today. It should be a great day to get outside uh, and enjoy everything there is uh, today here in central Wisconsin. We've got fireworks tonight at the Wisconsin Woodchucks game. Uh, a lot of excuses to uh, to get outside today, including Merle who is uh, grilling and on location at the uh, remote office today. And Merle, uh, we've done a lot of talking today uh, regarding uh, how temporary things are going to be uh, following the COVID-19 pandemic, be that uh, inflation or uh, otherwise. And I know we've got a caller on the line right now uh, that wants to ask you uh, about that as well. So, caller, go ahead. Yes, this is Alan. I was wondering, Merle, you you had been alluding to this being temporary. Um, is does that mean that you think that gasoline prices are going to plummet and food prices are going to plummet again, or that's where majority of uh, a lot yeah. of the people here uh, spend their money? Uh, I would have to say yes at this point in time. If we take a look at what's happening with the, I mean, the, the big rise in prices and fuel prices it happened because we started driving again. You know, they, they came down so much last year as well as the, the stock of oil and gas companies as well as everything else. 
because our inventories rose so much. We had so much gas that was out there because we were staying at home. We weren't driving. So as we started doing that, of course, uh, the prices all rose. And I think we see some stabilization. They might come down a bit, too. Um, uh, but uh, we're probably going to see that as the summer comes around, we start slowing down our miles a little bit, the prices drop a bit. So I think that's going to happen. You don't, see, think happens, you don't see 4 or $5 gasoline in the next few months. I, I don't do, see it going in that way. I mean, the barrel of gas is about 71. Somebody said it's going to 100, and I said that's impossible because we have we have the ability to supply our own fuel and gas here in America. We just yeah, have to turn around some wells. we can't do it anymore stuff. because of the administration. Sorry. Well, they shut down some of the pipelines, but there's a lot of wells that are still shut off that we can turn back on uh, that we don't have to do anything additionally with. One of the, the benefits that's happened in North Dakota is in America, um, it's not like it was in the old days. When you turn the pump out, it had to stay on. We've developed and built a set of networks now that if the pumps aren't making money, we need to lower the prices. We shut the pumps off, we can turn them back on. And there's still a lot of uh, elasticity in that side of marketplace. So I don't think we're going to that much as, as far as fuel prices go. At least I hope not, because I have a big truck, and I'd really like to not pay that for a price. <laughs> so, I, I know our, pro, our propane price has uh, really shot through the roof in the last uh, month. You know, it was oh yeah, 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 and uh, it has. Normally, so this is the time that. of the year when propane goes down to almost nothing. In the, yeah, in usually the, right after July, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so I think we see that coming back. Um, I don't know how, how or when, but I think we see that coming back. I don't, at least. I don't see it escalating dramatically because there's no real reason to. Uh, but from a, a manufacturing, as we get people coming back to work again, which I think occurs um, over September, uh, October, I think we start to see prices generally uh, start coming back down. And I'd imagine that food costs will as well. I hope you're right. Me too. <laughs> I, I think I think everybody hopes that. We appreciate the call. Uh, Thank you. And uh, once again, uh, Merle, if anybody uh, would like to get a hold of you outside of the program, give us uh, give us the information to get a hold of uh, yep. your office there at Kelton Associates. You can find us at Third Avenue and Bridge Street in Wausau. Stop on in, kick the tires. You can give us a call locally at 715-849-3600. Outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100 or find us online at keltonassociates.com. Merle, we always appreciate the time here. We're going to do it again one more time next week, and then we in will turn studio. you back over to uh, Tom uh, in two weeks. You got it, buddy. All right. He is Merle Kelch here on Making Financial Sense on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU. News headlines are up next.